1: The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management,
0: or sponsors.
1: It started with two women. And, well, today, it's still two women. But not just any women. It's Laurie and Lynn. Who can turn the world on
0: with a smile? Laurie and Lynn, giving Northeast Pennsylvania local talk to start your weekend right.
1: Suddenly make it all seem worthwhile. And now, celebrating their tenth year on the air on WIOK News Radio, here's Laurie and Lynn.
2: Good morning, how are you
1: doing?
2: Good morning, how are you, Lynn? How was your Christmas? Uh, My Christmas was spectacular, really enjoyed it immensely. We did a little bit of a departure from the usual in that we had a big dinner on Christmas Eve. And then uh, Christmas Day, there was not a whole lot to be done because we exchanged our gifts on Christmas Eve and then everybody scattered to all the different places they had to go. It was nice because it meant that we could drive home very leisurely before all the traffic started getting in. And it was nice. When we came home, we watched the two classic movies. We watched uh, The Christmas Story and It's a Wonderful Life. And then we watched something on Netflix that my brother-in-law had talked about the day before called The Two Popes. I if you see haven't that, seen I it, can't wait it to see it. It was incredible.
1: Uh huh. He they just resemble.
2: Don't they resemble Benedict
1: and Francis so much? Those actors.
2: Yes, and and they actually do a couple shots of the real people in there towards yeah. the end. It's amazing cool. to see how close they are.
0: Uh, I know. I can't wait to see.
2: It. it was just spellbinding. It was really that good, great. So um, it was a great a great two days. Really, really enjoyed it. We have to do a shout out to our friends at Travato's because we ordered some meat there that was a Chateaubriand roast, and it was just for the second year in a row, it was spectacular. My sister is a great cook, but she said to me, "I couldn't have screwed this up if I tried. That piece of meat was was so great so it was good it was really wonderful we had good food we had good times it was really a nice christmas pardon me well that's good it's all yeah and the good weather the the weather was and of course it's about five degrees warmer in philadelphia than it is here so it was it was great really good good so how was your christmas it was good. We had, um, of course, you
1: know, it's run here, run there, but it was wonderful. And, of course, my Tommy is just the best chef around, and he mm-hmm. does, does everything so well. And we had uh, Chateaubriand, and um, we made, we did, what well, we did this year, well, we, our portion to bring with Tommy did that. He did mashed potatoes he did sugar snap peas, carrots, and I made a big salad and then mm-hmm. of course desserts that we got from Mansours and Vine restaurant and everything was fabulous and uh, there's and then Christmas Eve we went to breakfast at Mansours in the morning my boys admire and Brenda and then we I Went home and got a few things done and went to four o'clock mass at the cathedral, which was absolutely beautiful. It's my traditional thing to do. And mm-hmm. Sean and I went and the music is beautiful. The lights, everything. It was packed. It was great. See a lot of my old friends, which we stop and talk after mass and it's just so nice um you know some of the guys that we used to hang out with up at john Kay's years ago in the early like the eighties when we were all hanging there and my dear friend pat salmon said could you imagine everything we did all those years ago and look at us all of us standing here getting at mass right, <laughs> talking about the old days i mean it was it it's just <laughs> just great to see everybody's families and it's it's wonderful so we did that and then uh we went Meyer and I went to brenda's house for A little Christmas Eve party, and then we went up and met the Gil Martins at the Peterson's house for Christmas Eve after that for a little party. So was quite the day, and then the next morning, I make my delicious blueberry bread pudding, Michael Brown, with the, it's, it's fabulous, and Tommy mm-hmm. made some candied bacon, and we had our mimosas with fresh-squeezed orange juice from Wegmans, and mm-hmm. um, hung out, my brother and two of my, my niece, one of my, my niece and one of my nephews came over, and we hung around and opened gifts and listened to Christmas songs and then Tommy began his baking and we loaded everything up and over to my sisters. Wow. And that was very nice. So we had uh, of which our dear Johnny Lucas was there. As you know, he comes to all of our um, family get together. Yeah. He's now become part of his now his <laughs> name is Johnny Lucas Cadden. And oh, um, right. <laughs> yeah. And he and he was there and a few others and My dear friend Dolores and Louise and my cousins Kathy and Sharon LeBoutier. And this year, we had a surprise appearance of Mr. Uh, uh, Music Extraordinaire, bassist extraordinaire Doug Smith came for dinner. Nice. And then Peterson uh, Peterson stopped in later um, at my Mm -hmm. sister's for a little bit. And so we had a a very nice um, night. And then the boys left. Um, this morning, as you know, we tape on Thursday. They left with their grandparents um, to go back to the city, so uh, they're gone. Nice. My house is quiet and clean. And um... <laughs> how many
2: Christmas <laughs> trees do you have up?
1: Oh, well, I have one in my kitchen, which is just an old-fashioned pencil tree that I've had for a million years when the Voluntary Action Center used to do their holiday emporium. And I bought it when we they were at uh, Lackawanna College, and this is years and years and years and years ago, and I still love it. It's, it's in my kitchen. Then I have two smaller ones in my dining room, and I have my big, fresh one in my living room, and then on my mantel, I have five they're all different sizes. They're like old-fashioned tinsel trees that are pre-lit. with, And I have, like, these really cool, like, sparkly berries all over them. And they're, like, the, the base of the tree has, like, an old-fashioned stand. They're beautiful. And they're all lit. And they're all scattered on the um, mantel. And they're, they're, you know, like, two of them are nice sizes. They're medium. There's three different sizes. And... <laughs> then I have some glass mercury glass trees around on my uh, couple things, and then upstairs I have one in my bedroom, one in my family room, and um, and no that that's and one in my bathroom. So, but they're all small. They're not big, but they're all lit and they're always on and they look beautiful. I'm a tree freak, as you can imagine. Yes, I know. I'm surprised uh-huh. you have so People, few. when they come in, they count. They said, how many, but I just love, I would love to keep these things up all year. They're just so beautiful, and I love the lights. I, I'm so sad when it comes to taking them down because yeah. I just love them. But yeah. That's, how many I have, Lynn, however many that is, but they're all pretty, and they look beautiful. Well, I, I'll tell Of course, I have you, my I, new furniture.
2: Oh, Yes. You got your new. You yeah, have some new very things, nice. so it's beautiful, beautiful. Um, mm. Last two years, I don't think I put up a Christmas tree, not because yeah, I didn't have one. Year I just, did. yeah, I just didn't have the, the physical strength to drag the thing up the steps and put it all together. But this year I did. I had some assistance from my friend Joan Glover, so. We got the tree all up. We got it all set up and we started putting on the ornaments and all the special things we put on trees. And I had no idea how much that meant to Patrick because he just sits there every day and tells me I could just keep looking at this tree for hours and hours. So, you know, it's one of those things that you just don't think about it, but for the same reasons you said it's just so pretty when the lights are on and it's nice that's right and if you need help next year
1: i know a couple people you can call Uh, (laughs) yeah i do too the point is there's something magical about christmas trees i just think they they speak to the you know, trees just are like if trees could talk, kind of. There, it's just mm-hmm. amazing where they came from, where they are, um, and now they're in your house. And yeah, there. I don't care what kind they are. A tree is such a wonderful symbol. Oh, Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, the greatest Christmas symbol, right? So that's it. To me, I just love them. And you're right. I could get lost just sitting and staring at lights, especially when it's... Because I turn mine on in the day, most of them. But then mm-hmm. at night when my ones that are on a timer go on and I just sit there and look... At, at one point, I saw my son, Sean, when he came home Friday night or Sunday night. I saw him yeah. taking a picture. And I said, Sean, what are you doing? And he said, I'm taking a picture. Now, that's a 25-year-old kid who just yes. thought it was worthy. You know, it, it just... Yeah. That's when you know you did it right.
2: You know, that's it. That's it. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, mm-hmm. and uh, we will be right back. You're listening to the Laurie Lynn Show.
1: Here's Laurie and Lynn.
2: Good morning. You're listening
1: to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, <laughs>
2: which is a fundraising, PR, and special event business. And my name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company called. Women of Substance, LLC, which is a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and that's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And here we are. This is our in-between. Here the last show of this year, Liz. Yes, that's it. The we'll last be, show of um, 2019. And thanks to many people, we will be on for another year. Yes. Thanks to all of our sponsors and our listeners. And we thank you for telling us every once in a while, hey, I listen to your show every week. It's Mm -hmm. just nice to run into people who do. So that's great. Ann Santanello gave me some
1: ideas, Lynn, for next year, just Uh, so you know. Yeah, I'll talk to you about it. it. sounds like a cool thing. Just that we could do things maybe remotely. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I like I, that idea. Kids. I'll talk to you about Yeah, I'll talk to you about it. Okay. Tonight, as a matter of fact, because tonight Lynn and Patrick and Meyer and I are going to celebrate our Christmas dinner and gifts at um, Russell's. Mm-hmm. Not that we haven't been out enough, but here we go. <laughs> <laughs> what the
2: heck? Keep it going, yeah. baby. Tennessee's the store. Our loyal listener who always tells us we do more for, for promoting restaurants than anything else. Here's our hats off to you, Bozo, because we love go. doing it. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> All right, I have a question um, for you. What? This is not a big quiz. This is just a simple okay. question. There was an article, of course, in the AARP Bulletin about called Travel for One. Would you ever go on a trip to a country you didn't know by yourself? Absolutely, 100% no. <laughs> okay. Would you go on a trip to a place you didn't know if you were with a group of people you didn't know, but it was part of a travel group? By
1: myself? Yeah. Yes. Because okay. I, I don't like to do anything alone. So that's number one. I just like people, and I get, I'm one of these people that even when I need time to, like, chill out and be alone, I can only do that for a very short period of time. And then I need stimulation from people and 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 conversation, and, and, and then I, I just, I feel like I'm back in, it, 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 in it, when I'm alone too much or not, I can't, I, no. I, and nor would I want to be somewhere by myself. No, 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 yeah.
2: no, 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 Well, I've done, yeah. I've done just, I haven't done both. I was just thinking that one of the things I would really love to do is to go on one of these um, riverboat trips by myself, but with a group of people in the riverboat.
1: Well, that, I, that I wouldn't no, no I, I don't
2: know if I would, I'm still scared but go ahead but that's what I'm saying it's fun it's a, it's a very different experience because you have the ability to have some alone time in your room but you also are forced to eat with others mm-hmm. so you have to eat your meals if you stay on the ship if you have to eat you do have to eat your meals with others you can't have a table for one so you're forced to learn about who else is on the trip. And then every night, there was a entertainment up in this big area. You know, bars were open and people were having grand time. But there's a lot of uh, new interest in single women who are going off on trips on their own. As a matter of fact, there's even the name of a company. It's called Wild Women Expeditions. They probably named that after us. But um, anyway, uh, there's a, a no, woman named Bonnie Mack, who's a 72-year-old retiree living in Clearwater, Florida. She's taken several international solo trips. She says, traveling alone helps you get into a place better and connect with other people. When you're with a companion, you, you tend to stay with your companion. But this woman is a longtime solo traveler and has stories about the benefits. When I went to Bali, Indonesia, by myself, 23 years ago, I met a Burmese man walking from my hotel to the market. We ended up spending the whole afternoon together and had a drink at the hotel afterward. That wouldn't happen if you're with a companion. I don't know. I I, I don't think that's
1: true. Well,
2: it could. You know? Yeah. But. I, yeah, I get it. I just
1: don't. I don't. Mm-mm. I'd be too. I'm, I'm a creature of habit.
2: Yes. And I think Would you, would think you really... You really would, would do that? I would, because this? I did do that once. And it was, it was scary, and, and I was constantly questioning myself. But I went to a convention that was in Boston. And I decided at the end of the convention that I was going to tack on some extra time. And I took some days, like three or four days, and I had never been to, uh, what's the famous island where the, uh, it's not really an island, maybe, maybe it is, the one where the Kennedys have their compound. You know what I mean, the place that's off the, off the shore of Boston. can't think uh, of the name of it, but anyway. Uh, it has Yarmouth and all these other places. It's just a long strip. Martha's Vineyard. Hyannisport, you. you mean? Yes. Martha's Vineyard is, is the name of the place. Okay. And Hyannisport is one of the towns. And I thought, I have never been there. And I really have heard people talk about how beautiful it is. And so I decided that I would uh, do a and b Had no idea what I was doing, but I'd never been to the place. I, I got out of the uh, the convention and I went towards the. Uh, I went to the concierge and I said, I need to get over to Martha's Vineyard. How do I do that from here? And he said, Well, he said there's a barge that takes people from here to there. And he said, I'll give you the name of the place and you can go there with your luggage and they will take you across the waterways and you can get a taxi when you get there. I said, Okay. So I did. And I got the taxi, and I went to this place, which was a wonderful B&B. And I checked into my room, and I knew that they had places where you could, you could go to eat on the premises, but there were plenty of other places you could go to. So I, I had dinner there that evening at the B&B, and met some very lovely people who were all single, who had been there for a variety of different reasons from all over the world, really. And it was a great conversation. And I went to bed early, and I kept saying to myself, this is very scary being here in this place. <laughs> but I just kept pushing myself and doing it. So I did it, and I woke up the next morning. I put on, it was, this was in July, so it was a warm day. Put on my sneakers and went to the place I walked to, and it was a park. And it, was, it went back deep into the woods. But um, I said, well, I'm just going to do this because, it's again, challenging myself to do something where I wasn't comfortable doing it. So I did. And I got all the way through the point and I said, I, I am so out here and nobody knows I'm out here. And I don't even know what's going to happen, but I know that if I just keep following this path, I will come around to the, to the very beginning. It's just a big circle. So, somewhere I'm going to say about two thirds of the way, I finally saw a human being coming the other way. And my first instinct was to be scared because I thought, I don't know what this person's going to do. And I'm out here again all by myself. (laughs) Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. It could be some wacko. So, anyway, um, it was a guy and he saw me, a big smile on his face walked right by me, said good morning, and just kept going. And I thought, okay, I got through that one too. (laughs) I got out to the other end, and I took myself somewhere. I don't remember where it was, and I had a wonderful lunch. And then I came back, and um, I got another barge ride back to Boston and got to the airport and flew home. But it was an amazing thing to me that I was so afraid of doing that. And it, 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 I'm the only one that had the silly fear because it was, there was nothing wrong. Everything was fine. And it turned out really well. And it's not, it's not even so much what I did or didn't do while I was there. Everybody would say to me, well, did you go to this, did you see that? Uh, I, no, I didn't. And well, next time you have to uh, yeah, okay, next time, next time I'll do it. But what was more important to me was I did something I was completely uncomfortable doing. I had no idea where I was. Nobody who really knew how to reach me, and out there on the island at the time, there was no cell phone service, so you couldn't even do anything. but I did it, and I got back and I, it's amazing what that does to your sense of self-confidence after you do something like that. It was really yeah. great. I don't know that I would want Not- to do it again, but I did
1: well, I think it's great if you if you and I know plenty of people who do I just I don't, like, I don't even go to, I would never even go to a restaurant by myself and eat. I just don't, I just, that's not, I don't, I mean, I like to, I like my, to be with myself when I need to be, but I prefer when I'm out and it's social, I like to be with people. I'm just, I get much more out of people with people than I do by myself. That's the only thing I can say. And that is not to, because God knows I've done enough work on myself. to. It's not that I don't enjoy my own company, um, but I think yes. you should enjoy it too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Other people ah. to be. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I just like people. Yes. I get much more. I'm like Patrick. He doesn't want to be alone, does he? No, he
2: hates it. He hates it. Yeah, because he a, likes he's a other people sign. around. Yeah, that's yeah. how I am. Same way. Yeah. So, well, I've and gone I out for lunch. That I admire that. time by myself. And um, have you ever gone to a movie by yourself? Oh, that now that's one thing I love to do because, number okay. one, I
1: don't want anyone talking to me when I'm trying to pay it because I like to focus and listen and not miss yes. the plot. So that I love. I will go to a movie, have gone, and love to. It's But I just don't take the time to go now. But, yes, that I love. But anyway, yep. um, I guess we should... Um, Again, Lynn, in time of year we should make sure we thank all of the wonderful sponsors we have who support us, have supported us through the years. Uh, Attorney Barbara J O'Hara, Sunita Aurora ERA One Source Realty. And we have to give a big shout out to our friend Miss Leah Jenna Coples who comes on most of the time. Nicole DeNova, mm-hmm. Dr. DeNova, the owner, president of. Um, and lead surgeon, I guess, at VREC, yep. V-R-E-C, and um, uh, Fidelity Bank, all of the gals that come on, and Joanne Marsili and um, uh, Danny Santanello for believing us and keeping um, us part of their um, thoughts and mm-hmm. saying yes when we do this on a yearly basis. So we thank all of them and all of you, for, as Lynn said earlier, because without you, we can't do it. We appreciate you listening, and um, it's the end of our 10th year going into the 11th, as I said. So we're, um, we're happy and we're thankful. So um, Mm -hmm. please have a wonderful new year. We're going to come up next because we have our guest expert, um, Dr. Attorney Terry Hinton from, (laughs) she's now a doctor, from Fidelity (laughs) Bank, who will be talking a little bit about things that you should um, make sure you take care of um, all of us in the realm of. From a will to a living will and um, adorable power of attorney. She's going to talk about all of that. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show.
3: Here's Laurie and Lynn.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden. I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business.
2: And I'm Lynn Evans. I am the owner of a company called... Women of Substance, LLC, which is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and that's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And our guest expert today from Fidelity Bank is uh, attorney Terry Hinton, who is a senior trust officer and a vice president at Fidelity Bank. Welcome, Terry Thank you very much for having me. Yay. I'm glad you're, I'm so glad you're able to be with us today because I know that um, it, it was kind of scrambling last minute for everybody to remember that we're still doing this, even <laughs> though most of the world is on vacation. So thank you for, <laughs> for agreeing to do this. Uh, no, you and I'm I like talked about, about, a, about a couple of things that we thought we should hit on because it's unique uh, for this time of the year. And I think that you mentioned three things. Uh, First, let's get that out of the way because I think that's important. The three things that every person really needs in in the area of estate documents. Yes, estate planning is
3: really very important. And you don't have to have a ton of money to do estate planning. Um, Everybody needs a, a will, a durable power of attorney, and a healthcare power of attorney with advanced, an advanced directive in there. Um, and each of these documents does different things. Do um, you want me to go through each of them quickly? Yeah, yeah. yeah that'll yeah, work out. Sure. So a durable power of attorney is, is a document um, that you sign, that a person signs to give another person the right and the ability to act in his or her stead. So... It goes into effect immediately as soon as you sign it, and that person can take that document and go to a bank and, um, you know, transact financial business for you, can access bank accounts, all kinds of things like that. They can do, any, can do anything that you could do by virtue of the, um, of the power that you've given them under that power of attorney. Um, and it can, continues through periods of incapacity. So... Um, if you are in a car accident or you have surgery or you're taking medication, you're in a coma, anything that would affect your capacity or your ability to make decisions, your agent under your power of attorney can access and, and, and transact your business, make sure that your affairs are kept in order, pay your bills, do all those types of things for you while you're unable to do it for yourself. And then when you regain your capacity, it still continues, but then you're able to, you know, to continue doing what you need to do. Um, that's why it's called durable because it continues through those periods of incapacity. Very important to choose carefully because that person can can, you know. Bed have access
1: to your funds. Um, And Terry, can I interrupt you on that now? Sure. With with the power of attorney, with with a durable power of attorney, as you said, it continues. It doesn't mean that you you are looking, and I think this is why people don't necessarily look at doing it. Uh, A, like you said, you have to choose very carefully the proper person. But the fact that you don't need that power of attorney on a regular basis it's really for the comfort and convenience of if in fact something happens and you're unable to transact your business that is already in place and it's not done in an emergent way it's done it's in place it's safe and you have to monitor and make sure you're paying attention to your own affairs right because people shouldn't be afraid of doing it it puts it in place if in fact you may need it in the long run. Isn't that Absolutely. really the purpose? Of it? That's exactly what it's for. And that's why
3: it's all part of estate planning, right? So put that in place. So if something happens to you, there's not a, a big um, it's not a big to do. What happens now? How are we gonna how are we gonna right. access mom or dad's uh, bank account to to pay their mortgage. How are we going right. to pay their bills, write their checks for them to make sure that their credit cards are paid and all those types of things? Um, it, important to do that because if you don't have the power of attorney, you can't. Nobody has access to to be able to to manage your affairs for you. Then you have to go to court and have a guardian appointed, and that's the right. whole. Right. Different ball of wax, um, but no, most people have a durable power of attorney in place um, j- just in case something happens. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's why you choose carefully. If you're married, usually it's it's a husband or wife. Um, if uh, uh, if it's not, it can be anybody that you choose. It could be a child, a friend. Um, as long as it's somebody that you trust. Um, right. That's the right. biggest. That's the biggest. Uh, stumbling block there, but it really isn't something. The biggest thing to consider is make sure that you have somebody that you trust. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, then you have the health care directive. Yeah, and a health care directive is a little bit different. The, we call we call that durable power of attorney. They, that's usually for financial matters. Um, health care power of attorney, health care directive is where you name somebody as your, um, as your basically your health care power of attorney, the person to go in to make health care decisions for you. Um, to say yes or no to surgeries or medications, to sign documents, to admit you to the hospital um, or sign you out of the hospital, those types of things. That's a healthcare power of attorney. The advanced directive is also known as a as a living will. Um, th- those are actually right in the Pennsylvania statutes. In it, that's where you say if I'm in a in a, in a state of permanent unconsciousness and and the terminal end stage terminal illness, um, there's no reasonable chance of recovery there's a list and it says, I do or do not want blood products. I do or do not want cardiac resuscitation. And you list the things Mm -hmm. that you do or do not want. Um, And and a lot of times those are are put together with the healthcare power of attorney. Um, So those two kind of work hand in hand. Um, Again, another very important piece so that the, um, you know, that your, that your healthcare is taken care of as well, that you're, you know who you've chosen and you've relayed to, you know, that individual what you would like. And, uh, you know, medical decisions are made according to how you wanted them to be
1: made. Um, and uh, the will is carry, so, they're not the same person, right? Oftentimes they're, they're two different people who are between the, uh, the, the, the health care and the financial power yeah. attorney. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yep.
3: Absolutely. Okay. Um, a lot of times, I know Fidelity Bank, for example, we will act as financial power of attorney for a lot of our of our clients. Um, we do not act as a healthcare power of attorney. That's that's usually right. a family member or a close friend, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But very 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 often they're different people. Right. Um, Terry, let's uh, talk the last about document the, is the
2: will. Yeah. Yeah. The will. That's fine. Let's talk about the yes. will because everybody the will is confused. Is, They have the living will and then the will, and people confuse those. So let's uh, let's talk about the difference between what they are and what one does and when one kicks in. Absolutely. Uh, A living will is also known as an advanced directive. A living will
3: is the one that I just discussed, that, that if you're in an end stage of an illness, there's no reasonable chance of recovery. And you list what types of, of treatment you want or don't want. Um, that's a living will. That's saying, you know, here's the here's what I do or do not want. I don't want medication. I don't want a feeding tube. I, I do want cardiac resuscitation. That's a living will. Your regular last will and testament is, is the document that you write up. Your attorney writes up with you that says, here's how I want my estate to be distributed when i die um and you you know lay it out for for the um for your family or for your friends you know here here's how here's who should get my estate when i die and here's the percentages or who's going to get furniture or jewelry and if you don't have a will um then that's called dying intestate And the Pennsylvania law sets forth who's going to get your stuff when you die, who gets all your belongings when you die. So a will is an important piece of your estate uh, planning, um, you know, just to
1: make sure that your estate goes where you want it to go yeah because otherwise, when it's court appointed and you don't have a a a wife or a a husband or a child it it's going to be court appointed just as it says so it it and it creates a lot more hassle, especially if you have no Uh, If you're not married, Carrie, because it automatically then they have to, figure, and if there's no children, they have to figure out who's the best and the most appropriate to um, dictate the terms of of your belongings. And that's why I, I not only, not only that, but it also says who, who gets it. So if you guess what, yeah
3: yeah who gets so the mm-hmm. court will usually if, if you die intestate, the court will appoint somebody as a personal administrator here's the Here's the person who's going to step forward and and administer act as the executor of your estate and is going to make sure that the tax return is filed, the inheritance tax return is filed, and bills are paid, and if you have if you have to sell a house who's selling the house. But who gets your stuff and who gets the the proceeds? Who how are, how are your bank accounts distributed? If you have investment accounts, if you don't have um, if you don't have beneficiaries named on things, it passes through your estate. And in the, the statute says if if you have a, a husband or wife, it goes to the to the husband or wife. If you have children, right. it goes here. If you don't have that, then here's how it's going. Your parents could get some. Um, it's a uh, it's interesting because I. Uh, we just did a, uh, a little um, seminar at Fidelity Bank for a for group not too long ago. And um, if in Pennsylvania, if you're married, but not everything is titled in joint names, individ- in, p- married people can own stuff, if they can own property, and businesses in their own name. If you don't have a will and you die with, with a wife, let's just say it's a husband who dies, husband dies, he owns a practice in his own name. If it's a medical practice, a law practice, whatever it is, a business in his own name, um, and uh, survived by wife and children. If he dies without a will, because that property is owned by him individually, the wife and, it, and it'll be an intestate um, uh, su- uh, succession because there's there's no will. The wife gets the first thirty thousand of his estate that's not owned by them jointly. And then only one half of the residue, the other half of that property that's not in joint names goes to the children. So if
1: you look at it right,
3: yeah, they can be mm-hmm. minors. They can be, you know,
1: uh-huh.
3: 10, 11, 12 years old. And it can be an awful lot of, of money um, for, you know, a teenager or a young adult to handle. Oh, another right. reason
1: why it's important to have a will. Yeah. Which I don't think many people realize that, that if they own a business, whether it's individually or it, with, a, you know, partners, that that happens, Terry. They they automatically assume because Pennsylvania has the, and, you know, the tenants by the entireties, which is husband and wife, that they're entitled to it because of that uh, document, that marriage Because document. they're married, and, right, right. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, that's the difference, right.
3: Right. Yeah. It's amazing. That's the difference. Unless it's property or accounts that are jointly owned that say, mm-hmm. you know, jointly with rights of survivorship or tenancy by the entireties. But if, if you know, if a, if a husband, for example, has a, has, a, has a business and the business is only in his name, and there may be very valid reasons for doing that, keeping the business yes. in his name, yes. because you don't want to have marital assets exposed to a potential judgment, for example. So if somebody right. sues the business, if right. the business is in both husband and wife's name, those are assets that, that can be reached by somebody who files a lawsuit. But if it's only in, in, in one name, marital assets aren't part of that. So, I mean, there's lots of reasons to do it that way, to, to keep assets in, a, in one spouse's name. But make sure that you have the will in place so that if you should pass away, what you own individually will pass the way that you want it to maybe you want it all to go to your husband or wife you know
1: yeah, it's um, very important those are that's why i mean we can all sit here and say this but we you don't think about it when you're young you just don't think about it and it does and and the and that's when you should do it i mean all these things should be in place just because it you just never know so it's it's so important to think about this lynn i know you probably do it a, a lot in uh in your in your uh, what you do for a living with financial planning. Right. These things work hand. The bank and the bankers and the planners all work hand in hand to make sure you're protected in the case of a situation like this.
2: Mm-hmm. And we, we yes, and that's one thing is. that we do at the... Yeah, go ahead, Lynn. I was going to say that that is something that really is important when people say that they are financial planners, when in fact all they really are is people who are gathering money to invest, you know, on the behalf of other people. That's a very important difference as the financial planners are obligated to review all of those things. And mm-hmm. that information about do you have a will may seem to be just superficial nonsense, but it is absolutely critical because if yep. you're going to do the planning, you've got to make sure that those assets are titled properly so that absolutely. at some point in time, you know, if something happens to either or, that there's a way for them for somebody to get what they initially wanted them to have rather than mm-hmm. what the courts say. And uh, absolutely
1: important That's for people to know, too, uh, Terry, as you said, that the banks can help you with these things. You may, and we talked about this once before on the show, but it's so crucial that they, you, you can be helped right in your own banking institution with, with just, you know, ask the questions, and people can help you and direct you to, in conjunction with, if you are working with the financial planner, these things can all just be worked hand in hand, and you're a whole lot better off by doing that.
3: No, and we and we do that regularly, Lynn and Lori. We do that for for our clients yeah. at Fidelity Bank in the wealth management mm-hmm. department, which is you know, right. also called the trust department. The wealth management, that's what we do. We you know, we have clients come in and, and we talk about that stuff. We talk about do you have your estate documents in place? Or even if you have them, have you looked at them in the past five, ten, fifteen, twenty years? Mm-hmm. Circumstances yeah. change. You know, there's divorces and remarriages or you know, people pass away. Maybe you just need to take a look at them. That's one thing that we offer our clients at Fidelity Bank is we'll, we'll look at that for you and, and come, you know, maybe just point out some things that you might want to think about this. You know, is it, it, think about how this is going to pass and, and, and make some suggestions on, uh, on, on changes if they're necessary. Uh, but we do that on a regular basis with our clients. So uh, IRA contribution limits for 2019, you have until April 15th of 2020, to make a contribution to an IRA for 2019. If you're under age 50, you can make a $6,000 contribution to a traditional or a Roth. Roth uh, IRAs do have some income phase-out limitations. If you're over 50, you can make a $7,000 contribution. Um, in 2020, the limits are going to stay the same, 6,000 and 7,000. One Um, one interesting, uh, piece of, um, uh, information for 2020, I'm sure everybody's heard about, uh, required minimum distributions from IRAs. That's the time when you are required to start taking distributions out of your IRAs every year. It's called an RMD. And for years, it's been the year, the year, 70 and a half was the magic number. The year that you turned 70 and a half. The following year, you had to take your first required minimum distribution. Um, the Secure Act has just changed that to raise it to age 72. Wow. So it's gone up. So it'll be the year after you turn 70, 72, you'll be required to take an RMD. My telephone number is 570 504 2260, or my email address is Teresa, T H E R E S A dot Hinton H I N T O N
1: at F D D Uh that's great. And the main number I think is one uh five seven oh uh five oh four eight zero zero one, right? Isn't that the main yes. number? That's that's the main number into the bank. I gave you my direct my direct yeah, line there. Well, thank you for um, giving us such insight on these things, tree things. Oh, you're quite welcome. So, Lynn, it's important to know that um, not only are you the uh, big wig at the bank over there, but you also are an attorney, and that always (laughs) helps on these type of things. (laughs) So, Terry, enjoy your holiday. Have a safe and happy, healthy New Year to you and your family. You too. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate it. I'll Lynn. Talk to you soon. I will see you later. Yes. All right. Okay. And we thank you for listening, everyone. Please, please, please have a wonderful and safe. Happy New Year. We'll see you next year. Be safe and please be nice. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye bye.